Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of the Yacking Show Business Channel. This is where you we bring you experts to give you actionable tips and ideas to help you thrive and survive with your business in the interesting times we're heading into. Today is no exception. We have a really interesting guest. But first, let's introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you also very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate having you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. Uh, we have the great pr- privilege of welcoming Vicki Winkler to the show. Vicki is the owner of The Marketing Shop, and she specializes in print, graphic design, and brand building. So let's jump right in. Well, first of all, welcome, Vicki. How are you today? Thank you. I am thrilled to be on the show. So, Vicki, what are the first things an entrepreneur should consider in terms of branding when starting a new business or even, or for that matter, rebranding one? Right. Well, you know, we are, we're in the, uh, we're in the business of branding. And so we, of course, think it's very important to get started with a good, a good logo and a good brand. And so it's the foundation for everything that you're going to do in your communication. And so when you think about the longevity of building a brand and all of the things that go into it to take that time to step back and really invest in having your brand done right. Um, I don't think that entrepreneurs always realize they think, well, I need a website. And so I need a little logo that goes on my website, but it's so much more than that because there's, there's, when you think about apparel and website and social media and print materials and a business card, there's so many things that that brand is going to be shown so that it's really important to invest up front for something that's going to bring you years and years of value to come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, <clears throat> brands evolve over time. and uh, But in your experience, Vicki, how, how have customs and conventions in brand design um, changed over the last few years? Because I've seen changes in the websites we, we look at. What are the big changes? Right. So, well, I think that obviously in the kind of the whole marketing material world is the whole onset of electronic media has really changed things. And people often say to me, my gosh, you're kind of in the print industry. You know, are you afraid you're going to be out of business in a few years? But what we find is that our clients are just taking uh, ways that they've traditionally used print and using them in different ways. You know, we so we have a good example. We just had a client recently where they're a, they're a nonprofit and they had toolkits that they we would print these toolkits and they were informational materials for um for their uh, for their constituents and they were they, you know they were several pages they were booklets and they had a number of them and they were changing all the time the information was always changing so we were reprinting them on a regular basis and so what they said well instead let's what we'll do is we'll have teaser cards that these mm-hmm. were four by nine rack cards that they would then pass those out and then on that was a clear call to action to send them to the website where they have Ah. a special section for all the toolkits and so we were in the process now of revamping all of those toolkits so that they're on electronically on their website as a flip book Mm -hmm. and so very easy to read and they can spend a lot less money printing these um, small teaser cards but get the same result and and actually a lot more effective for them because their toolkits are now very up to date we can change them easily on a regular basis and so again it was just kind of a creative way to look at okay hey these toolkits are super useful information but they're changing all the time so how do Mm -hmm. we do this so just using print in different ways i think the other thing too is that with 
the whole electronic communication and email marketing, um, you know, if you think about going to your mailbox, how many direct mail postcards do you get versus what you got maybe 15 years ago? Sure. It's very, it's very little. And so if you really want to make an impact, send a direct mail postcard. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. a, a client that has a cleaning business. So they're fairly local. And they are amazed at how, so they, again, were trying to do kinds of all this electronic, they were sending email marketing and they said, it's just, it's just not working that well. Well, because there's lots of other cleaning companies that are sending these things out too. They started to do direct mail again, which they had done years ago. And they're getting this huge response and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, this is the thing to do. The, the postcards are short, they're pithy, um, mm-hmm. they're right to the point and they're getting a great response out of it. So it's really just being creative in how you use print. Sure. Very interesting. Yeah. So, Vicki, what sets you apart from other graphic designers? Do you have a specialty? Um, yeah, I would say it's our approach to branding. And uh, so, you know, when we have a client that comes in and maybe they'll say to us, oh, I, I just need a postcard. We say, well, let's see what everything else that you're doing. We want to take a look at your logo and take a look at your brand, your social media, your other print materials, because we feel so strongly about putting things together that are going to be consistent and build on a brand versus anything that's going to be a little, you're going off in a different direction because we don't want to do that. You know, we want to make sure that all the communication that comes from an organization or a company that it's consistent in its branding. So we're really very, um, we're very focused on that. And sometimes we'll have clients be like, oh, I just really want you to design a flyer for me. And we'll say, well, we don't want to do something that could possibly go against your brand mm-hmm. Or be detrimental because, or not effective because somebody might get it and be like, is this the same company? Because it doesn't look like the other stuff that I've gotten from mm-hmm. them in the past. So we're real sticklers when it comes to branding, um, which is why we actually created a separate division of the company a couple of years ago, Stillwater Branding and Design, that focuses specifically on branding um, because it was just, it was something we were good at and we just really felt strongly about as well. Mm. Mm. Very good. Okay. So that sort of leads into what I was going to ask you, and that is, what's the biggest mistake most small businesses and entrepreneurs make when they're setting out to develop a brand and, and a strategy? Uh, and I, th- I think you've already started on that by uh, people concentrating on the wrong things. But would you like to tell us more about that? Yeah. Well, I think that, um, you know, to invest a little bit in it, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to just uh, going going online, going to, you know, one of the very inexpensive logo design um, software uh, websites that you can go to, you know, go to somebody who's going to really customize it, who's going to do some research for you, that's going to conduct maybe a focus group, um, and really make sure that the brand that you come up with that you start with is is unique to you. Um, and that it really fits your your brand personality. Um, so again, just kind of invest a little bit of time uh, up front to make sure that it's really going to be effective and and be be brutally honest about if you're rebranding, for example, maybe you've been in business for ten to fifteen years to really look at what's the competition doing. You know, what are your uh, close competitors to you as well as national competitors in the same industry? You know, maybe it's even your brand name and and it can be a little daunting when people are thinking about changing their brand or changing their name or rebranding. 
but sometimes it can be the absolute thing that they need to do to take their business to a new level. They may Mm -hmm. not even realize sort of the damage that's being done or the lost opportunities because their brand is just not on mark anymore. Maybe it was Mm -hmm. 15 years ago, but it's not anymore. So again, just really being brutally honest um, and taking a look, doing a survey, whatever it takes to, to kind of say, Hey, is my, is my brand on track to where I want it to go? And I think, mm-hmm. I think you bring up a good point because um, it's been my experience because we've had connections with a lot of small business owners, solopreneurs who do everything themselves. And it's really, it becomes a mishmash of when it comes to the marketing of different things. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to send out a flyer and I'm just going to use a template off of uh, Google to, to create it. Or um, I'll just um, go to, you know, a templated whatever to create a business card and nothing is there's no there's no cohesiveness there it's all just like I said a mishmash of stuff and I think this is where you would come in to kind of take a look at the whole picture and then create structure around that correct right right and one of the things is studies have been done with uh with people who are for example will open up a presentation folder and in there is a is a brochure is a flyer is all all these different types of materials and when they're full of different fonts and colors and, and they're very inconsistent and things are hard to read and they're not organized well that it's it's very one it's very overwhelming and two is people will kind of look and they they can't focus on the content mm-hmm. because they're so distracted by everything else that's going on versus that presentation folder that you open up and everything is the same fonts the same colors the same graphical look is that people can focus on the content versus mm-hmm. being so distracted by all the other stuff that's going on so it again this is where people who don't have consistent marketing materials can actually be doing themselves a disservice Mm -hmm. and their materials are so much more ineffective when all they simply need to do is kind of rebrand that stuff, bring it together, bring it in more consistency so that people can more easily get to the information. And this can help on across not only for-profits, but not not not-for-profit companies. You know, when you're looking for, if you're a not-for-profit, you you know, a lot of people, you know, depending on if you're sending materials out to the community and people are in a distress situation, uh, they they need things to be simple and easy Mm -hmm. and straightforward. And so, and people don't read. It's one of the things I probably say it 10 times a day. Remember, people don't read. Um, So we need to be short and pithy in all the communications that we have with with individuals. Mm-hmm. We just we have just seen a really good example of that consistency, Kathleen. With mm-hmm. guest we had on the show a few weeks ago, and both Kathleen and I get her emails, and everything is in the same color, the same font, and it doesn't matter if it's her weekly newsletter, another email, her website, her podcast site, uh, the episodes of the podcast, the whole deal. It's same colors, same font, same logos, and it just feels so much part of a whole that um, mm-hmm. we both talk. We were talking about it yesterday. How, how good a job she does. Absolutely. She probably got somewhat someone like you helping her but uh, that's, <laughs> we we see the opposite too as you were saying we see mm-hmm. things that are all over the place and and it puts you off good yeah <clears throat> Kathleen sorry back to you so Vicky you've already touched on this earlier by saying that there's you know that the cleaning company for instance that's now putting out um, little postcards to their clients in printed form um, but having said that our businesses uh, on a as uh, on a whole, investing as much into printed marketing material, um, such as the brochures and the flyers and the postcards and such, as they did about ten years ago. Okay. I would say I would say you're probably right in that 
the actual amount of print um, is has been reduced and people aren't printing as many materials. But I find that our clients are being they're being more strategic about what they do and also doing things to stand apart. So what we're finding is we're getting a lot more clients who want a business card that has rounded corners and foil impact and, and spot UV and special shapes and extra thick cards um, because people are still going out and networking. They're still sending letters with business cards in it. And so there's, um, and, and we encourage our clients that are trying to maybe grow a client base is that um, when you email, you can, it's okay, you know, email somebody as a prospect, but then send them a letter with a business card mm-hmm. because how many times do you get that in the mail? Almost no, never. You get, how many how many emails a day do you get that are like I found your website on the internet and I just was thinking that you no whatever <laughs> um but how often do you get a letter in the mail with a really cool business card so I know our business card for our company the marketing shop is a uh it has a foil imprint on both sides and it's a die cut of a puzzle piece because uh, our logo is a puzzle piece right, and oh, right. I, I've had it for years and people will say oh you're the puzzle piece lady you um, so People know, or in that, in a stack of business cards, ours always stands out. And I always joke that when there's door prizes and we put our business card in the jar, that we get chosen <laughs> more than anyone else because they're feeling around in that jar and they're like, right. oh, so and so. Yeah, very good, very good. We there's another aspect to to using print um, printed stuff. We were interviewing someone whose whole business is direct mail the other day, and he said. You don't need permission to put something in somebody's mailbox, but you do to put it in their email inbox, mm-hmm. right? And and as he said, nowadays, as you've just said, there's so little direct mail. Many of us open it with with interest because it's a rarity. Whereas ten years ago, it was different. And and we tend to delete emails if the if the subject line is not immediately compelling. And you can't get in trouble as long as you stick within common decency. You can't get into trouble for sending direct mail, which you can with email, right? For unsolicited right. emails. So there's yeah. another very good point. And uh, I know I was reading a case the other day of a jeweler somewhere in the States, can't remember which city. He's using exclusively radio ads and direct mail, nothing else, and doing really, really well with those two. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah. so what what's happening in I, – I know that <clears> – <throat> Fonts come and go in popularity and colors. I remember back going 30, 40 years ago in the corporate world, uh, we wanted to put blue on a product label and we did a focus group and people associated blue with medicine and not with food. So that was something we nearly fell into that trap. Uh, what's trending now in the form of, of fonts and colors and typefaces, uh, uh, website design, anything, anything interesting there? Yeah. So I would think at the say that the biggest trend is flat design um, and also isometric design. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it used to be there was this time when full color and yeah. everybody was getting Photoshop. And so everybody started to add gradients and bevels and metallic shine and little glows and all these other types of things to their logos because they could, because mm-hmm. uh, people were, uh, for example, were just, they just needed a website. And so they would just put a kind of cool logo and they have all these special effects. Well, the pendulum has really swung. And so now the trend is more towards flat and solid designs, solid colors, not gradients, not bevels, not drop shadows. Uh, and so, and you'll we'll see it a lot in, in fact, the toolkits that we just put together recently, uh, how do I describe the isometric design is sort of those, um, they're taking at an angle and they're vector graphics of, 
of people and objects and things like that. But again, it's still a very minimalist and vector mm -hmm. designed, vector based, very flat based. Um, so that's the trend. The other trend is towards um, non-traditional color schemes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was trying to think, I was talking to my husband last night and I was trying to think if there was a, uh, there was a financial trading company that had come out with a logo a number of years ago and it was purple and lime green. And it was unlike the financial industry, because if you think of the financial industry, you think of blues and slate blue and gray yeah. and yellow. And, <laughs> yeah. And so they came up with this non-traditional color scheme and people were a little bit like, whoa, you know what? Is it? But it gathered, it, it, it drew so much attention. And so there has been a real trend towards that. In fact, we did a, we did some research for a medical client recently and we did a uh, we we did an analysis of um, logos in their state, mm -hmm. and then we did analysis of logos in the United States. And what we found that in the United States, the the more popular ones, there was all of these non traditional color combinations, and so that's a real trend because industries are getting so saturated mm -hmm. is that everything is out there in electronic media. So you can go to Google Images and you can type things in, and so within the industry, this is what I always say is is you want to be in the same, play in the same sandbox, but you still want to stand apart. And so non-traditional color combinations can be a really good way to do that. You know, it, in some industries, it's really hard to come up with an icon that might be mm -hmm. different than what someone else is doing, again, and to try to use it in a different way. And so a differing color combination can be the way to achieve that uh, a distinctiveness in, in the industry, in an industry that you're in. Sure. And I think um, it was an insurance company, wasn't it Gecko, that came up with a Gecko mm -hmm. uh, and also a distinctive color at the same time, which which I stuck in my mind. It's probably the only major insurance company brand I can remember. <laughs> that that was noticeable for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, but min minimalist on website design, mm -hmm. uh, lots, of, lots of white space or lots of empty space. Yeah. yeah. Very clean, minimalist looks. Yes. Very clean looks. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, that's that's really good information to know. So, Vicky, on your website, you have a four-step branding process. Can you tell us about that? Sure, yeah. And that'll kind of go over even some of the things, kind of a nice summary of the things we've talked about, you know, is so when we start working with a brand and client, the first thing we do is discovery is, and that's the first step, is we really get to know them. You know, we'll ask them to gather up any marketing materials, um, print marketing materials that they've done. We'll want to look at their website, look at their social media and really get to know them. Uh, from an aspect of their marketing, but then also we have a we have some logo guiding questions that we'll ask them for their branding, and then really get to know their personalities. You know, we're working with a client right now, and it's kind of a doctor team, and um, kind of in a private session with the gal who's heading up the project. She said, "Yeah, I want to tell you a little bit about." the different uh, the different personalities of the different doctors that are going to be involved in this process. I mean, and that was that was so important for us to know as mm. we were going forth in branding because we we knew some of the things that we need to address up front that they needed to we needed to have some strong evidence for why we were going to be changing the brand and and delicately to try to address the reasons why the the existing brand was not working, why it was dated, why it needed to be refreshed. And so it was really important during that discovery process, some of the things that you find out just in having conversations with people. Um, and we try to, so we always try to stress, hey, listen, let's really be honest here. You know, at, you know, this is, you're hiring us, 
you're spending the money to have us do this. Let's do it right. So tell me all the nitty gritty. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, the, all, and some of those intangible things are, are really an important part of the process as well. So the uh, discovery is the first uh, stage. And then the second is research. And this is where we start to look at the competition. We look at the local competition. We look at national competition. Um, and we also sometimes you know, let's say a doctor's office, obviously their, their target market is going to be very locally based, but if they Mm -hmm. really want to stand apart, even in their local market, it's not only important to look at the, their local competitors, but it's important to look at the national, the national industry and to see Mm -hmm. what trends, because you want to be ahead of where the local market is going. And so let's look at at all of the national, usually um, like a doctor's office, we need to look internationally, but looking at nationally can, can really give us some ideas of where we may want to go and what direction. And so then the next stage is development. And this is where we really kind of get into the design work where we start to develop concepts for the logo, um, different fonts, different colors. We experiment with, you know, different treatments. Um, and that that's just an iterative process. We go back and forth with the, the client improves until we get to a, a design that uh, that really works well. And then the last stage is implementation, which is where we start to put together all those marketing materials, making them cohesive, consistent with with the brand, keeping all the fonts and the colors and and just really developing all of those marketing materials. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you, when you're dealing with some of your smaller clients who might not have a marketing department or, or any marketing people themselves, uh, do you advise them on on where to place adverts, where to put media, <clears throat> how to do their social media? Do you, do you go as far as that as well, or, or is that not part of your service? Well, um, we don't do a lot of the electronic. We will do some um, actually designing of the social media posts, um, mm-hmm. but we don't do a lot of work with Google, with um, ads, um, but we do have a lot of good resources that we will refer people to. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Good, good. That's very, very interesting. And then, so you were talking about your other company as well. That, that is more specifically branding. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So Stillwater Branding and Design is a division of the marketing shop. Okay. And then we'll focus very heavily um, just on branding and rebranding of businesses, and also nonprofits that have an event, um, a charity event, um, and developing branding for that as well. Okay, so that that could be an event, could be a one-off. You could just do a campaign for that particular event, and and not an ongoing campaign. That's interesting. So, I got I got one for you, Vicky, and you've obviously come across a lot of interesting people in business and uh, in what you've been doing. So, is there, in your experience, is there one mindset characteristic or habit that sets those who become successful in business apart from those that remain average? So, one thing, or is it more complicated? Yeah, I would say that, you know, my whole philosophy always has been since early in my career is to when you're faced with making a large decision is to look at it and evaluate and say, well, I regret that I did this or that I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And okay. so I know in my business that I have done that. And I, I just kind of take a hard look, kind of take a good night's sleep and say, you know, <clears throat> if I didn't do this, do you, I think that I would regret it in in two to three years from now. And if you say, yeah, I might regret that I didn't do that, then I would say, go for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Absolutely. That's a good one. So, so Vicki, how do people contact you? Um, you can go to our website, which is www.tms.marketing or Stillwater Branding, which is www.stillwaterbranding.com. 
Wonderful. Got it. Sorry, stillwaterbrandinginis.com. Yes. And okay, got yes. it. And, T- and, and TMS is no.com in the end, just TMS.marketing. I got it, yeah. And for mm-hmm. our for people who are only listening to the audio, both of those website URLs will be in the description on whatever channel you happen or whatever platform you happen to be listening to this on. So thank you for that, Vicky. Back to you, Kathleen. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Vicki. We so appreciated having you. And thank you also very much for tuning in. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please go to theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form and we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.